0: interests are the same as yours. Uh, then you think, well, if something is going wrong, it must be that they made a mistake, because they really care about us. They don't care about us. The government does not care about its own soldiers. If it did, it would not have settled its soldiers into the clockmires of Vietnam. Would we'll not send them into a situation where they're going to come back maimed or without arms or legs, where they come back with their sight be destroyed. They really cared about the soldiers and cared about the families of the soldiers. Would we'll not be taking the wealth of this country and squandering it on 500 billion dollars this year on a military budget. Uh, that's a hard thing to grasp. That the government does not have the same interest as us. It's hard to grasp because we grow up in a culture where the language of the culture predisposes us to think, yes, we have a common interest. The, the Constitution starts off in a preamble we, the people of the United States, you know, establishes. It wasn't we, the people, who established the Constitution. It was 55 rich white men who established the Constitution. I know you're not supposed to say anything about the founding fathers. <laughs> <laughs> there are fathers, we're all one family. Not so. The founding fathers were slaveholders and merchants and bondholders, really. And sure, they set up a government that was more democratic than other governments of the world. They set up a government that was independent of England, but they did not set up a government. that was a government of the people. They set up a slave-holding government uh, that uh, was going to do the interests of the bondholders and the merchants. Uh, the interests of the government and the interests of the people right from the beginning were not the same. And that same difference of interest has continued down to the present day, all through, look at the history of legislation in this country. It's class legislation. It's legislation that has always benefited the upper classes. There's always been subsidies for the corporations and subsidies for the railroads. They didn't call it welfare. When When the government began helping poor people, they called it welfare. When the government gave hundreds of millions of acres of land to the railroads, they didn't call that welfare. But the legislative history of this country is a history of legislation favoring the rich, to put it bluntly.
1: Thank you for joining me in this working class observation, the Class Warfare Report. I am your host, that dude in the little box, or maybe in your ear if this is the podcast. Shouts out to Twitch for the live stream, and Anchor for the podcast platform, and YouTube for holding my archives. I go by the name of Andrew, my given. And if you're listening to the podcast, you will not know that this speech is from 2007. It has an exact date, January 18th, 2007. I know it sounds ir- eerily similar To what we're going through right now but believe me when I say that Howard Zinn author of A Power Governments Cannot Suppress is talking in 2007 this did not happen recently and it kind of solidifies an easy point I wanted to make is that not much has changed 13 years ago is proof if you haven't had a chance to go into uh, Howard Zinn here and his speech on C-SPAN, uh, highly recommend because I checked it out today, and holy balls, is it a trip? It's called "Governments Lie." Howard Zinn on class warfare, immigration, justice, film, and history. And what brought me to Howard Zinn, which I am more than grateful for, is the topic itself: class warfare. What that mean? It's something that I've said at the beginning of. The uh this transmission or several transmissions in the past a class warfare report um and that's mainly because in my my own bias I tend to look at the news from a perspective of my working class position and most legislation I see enacted and Uh, Money moved around if we're going to talk about hedge funds and stock markets. Most of it I see is actually a threat to the existence of myself and uh, fellow Americans who maybe share the same income. Uh, America is coming to terms with the underbelly of its racism, but we should not forget the intersectionality of classism. Conflict theory was brought up. I believe by Karl Marx and it has to deal with all sorts of struggles that classes have to go through the rich mainly have one which is the struggle against the poor wanting to be less poor. To be perfectly honest, maybe it's against other rich people to be richer than the next, you know, but uh, that inevitably trickles down in Reagan economics terms to uh, one individual hoarding more money than everyone else, taking more and more pieces of the pie for themselves. And they say, oh, well, we'll just grow the size of the pie. As my piece grows, I will grow the pie. In imaginary terms, I just see them still taking a very large fucking slice as that pie keeps getting bigger. I don't see them reducing the size that they take based on the amount of pie because what we've learned from hoarding money and greed is that it never really reaches a peak. Yeah, and it's something that I think about constantly whenever I read the news is how is this actually class warfare, and maybe I haven't been doing my best to get that concept across, is that most policies, actions, in the spectacle of politics, tends to have a bit of class struggle within it. And Donald J. Trump, I firmly believe, is the president of class conflict. He was picked to uh, break apart class, Uh, every class of of, of human unfortunately the diversity of classes do fill both the rich and the poor but the poor once that class is fighting against itself it has yet another battle that it has to overcome beyond being uh, a poor they also have to overcome transphobia uh, homophobia uh, uh, xenophobia uh, racism you get my point so i as i can see here in this tweet from donald j trump it says this is a battle to save the heritage history and greatness of our country hashtag maga 2020. now in research most people don't really agree that protesters should be taking the statues down on their own but there is a general uh, general consensus that everybody wants these statues gone not everybody, but a uh, majority wants the statues gone. So I don't see the leader of the uh, right and the far right, Donald J. Trump, um, making any effort towards uniting these two. Um, his idea is by saying anybody caught vandalizing our statues will... Be held uh, to the furthest extent of the law which we all know is uh, fan service to his base that's it's pretty obvious it, there's there's no compromise for people who want these uh, uh, statues gone in fact there's only rhetoric of calling them anarchists thugs um, criminals basically demonizing language and I think it's really important to recognize here the effect that Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit have. I did say yesterday that um, the whole argument of this, the, the deplatforming effort and the little petty battles between Trump and his platforms. I don't really like the argument as a whole. Um, I think we fucked it up since day one, and we just are kind of in a snowball effect of fucking it up since then. But... The danger, the real danger that it possesses here, is Trump effectively has a giant megaphone that actually puts words inside people's brains. And when you have a bias, it really smashes that confirmation button in your mind. Like it just presses the shit out of it as you see this language constantly in your Twitter feed, and even more so when you follow more people in that echo chamber of these areas, who then get you, who who then uh, repeat rinse and repeat the same ideas that the president is speaking, that Fox News is speaking, Turner, uh, Turning Point USA, PragerU. The endless amount of right-wing uh, propagandists can become just the thing in your phone. That every time you get on Twitter, every time you get on YouTube, every time you get on Facebook, you're only going to get one side of the story. And I'll admit it, most people only want their side of the story. That's the whole point of bias. That's the whole point of beliefs, really, is that we're just trying to figure out what fits us my only problem is is that we have a bunch of grifters and uh fuckwits don't know what else to call them exploiting these people's beliefs even though exploiting them to this extent builds an atmosphere of toxicity which for an opportunist is an opportunity and that in itself is what the andrew jihad wait andrew jackson jihad The band, the Folk's band, their new 2020 album, Good Luck Everyone, had a great song called Psychic Warfare. This right here. This right here. It's weird that you can listen to a folk song that's both uh, beautiful, brave, but also have it apply to real-world experience. This is Psychic Warfare on a class level. Everybody has. Most people have access to Twitter Facebook or YouTube. So that means they have constantly access to Trump's thoughts and he has access to your brain the the horrifying idea that 1984 was really trying to sell people is that you have one safe space one true inalienable safe space but we're learning over time that this safe space is in fact, corruptible malleable and easily easily gullible and that is your mind 1984 george orwell is trying to sell the idea that our mind was the only place that we could really retain our self-identity and our individual autonomy but once that is taken once the fascist has has obtained the mind of the individual he controls the masses I say he because uh, I don't know why I gendered fascism, but Trump's in office, and that's kind of why I went that, went that route. Um, I'm sure fascism is uh, uh, on both sides of genders. <sighs> All sides of genders. Um, <sighs> I lost my point but that was, a, that was a hard rant, mostly about the psychic class warfare that happens to be going on. Um, uh, that's why I'm, it's important that I'm going to touch on this a little bit later. This video right here, maybe just the snippet alone, um, mainly because, oh, oh, actually, there's a whole ass video. Oh, is it worth, is it worth sucking down? All right.
2: Lawlessness.
1: Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Michael Nils, please. Knowledge, daddy. All right, um, I'm probably not going to watch the whole thing, but I do want to cover a little bit of it because because fascism. Um, but class warfare is an essential piece to both, I mean, so far as we've seen throughout history, capitalism, and then further down the line, fascism. And fascism is when it even takes those classes and ruptures them even harder. Um, superior complex is a very uh, good tool to have in order to have uh classes self-regulate their own oppression um isn't that great (laughs) so that's a that's a that's another topic but i think it's important here to take howard Zinn's words in this because to understand the government's interests is to understand uh, whether or not they're truly attacking or defending you and we we constantly have this argument all the time and they we 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 can't come to a consensus of which party is more poison for us, and I've been I have been convinced that both wings of the party make one giant eagle of uh uh what, what, what should I say clusterfuck. Um, they need each other, you know. If the right was too. Uh, predominant all the time, right? If we constantly had a bombardment of conservatism and republicanism, there would be a lot more uprisings because of how oppressive their regimes are. I mean, they are very close to authoritarian and we've seen with uh, Bush and now Trump, huge leaps towards authoritarianism. Um, Obama didn't help and uh, neoliberal Clinton didn't help. Not a lot of presidents have helped since uh, Jimmy Carter. And, you know, some can argue in some respects to uh, FDR. But we have been underneath the same two parties for 160 years. I don't really expect them to do anything else beyond what Howard Zinn is Uh, is saying here which is that there is a certain class that is protected under the constitution because it was written by that class for that class and that class is the ruling elite rich class the bourgeoisie if you will or the capitalist it's and it's pretty self-explanatory when you live in a capitalist society who the fuck is going to be on top right but everybody who lives in the society right has to subscribe to the ideology so say that i am in in america so then i must be capitalist right well no because i don't uh worship nor do i chase the the idea of it the the concept of it i find certain pieces of it to be extremely toxic and in fact i find more and more of what I learned tends to point to the direction that class warfare is intrinsic to capitalism so that capitalism never reach it reaches to the point what Karl Marx thought was inevitable which is socialism and then communism. So what class warfare seems to be doing is slowing that progression if not trying to control it to stop it and maybe even head towards a neo-fascism that we have yet to see but maybe was Uh, easily explained and expressed in Outer Worlds. If you haven't played Outer Worlds, um, that's a great sci-fi deep dive into what it would be like if corporations ruled a section of a solar system, which, um, you know, you could have done simply with just a planet in itself, but really then you can just go play Bioshock, where you get a little piece underwater, where you get to see what a truly free market can bring you. And these are all sci-fi speculations. We don't know for certain how a lot of these things would go. um, But we have already had multiple tastes in our mouth and we've had theory put out there. I mean, uh, there is a lot of fascist techniques and... hmm, Yeah, just techniques and methodology already within many states. Around the world, including some that call themselves democracies or republics, um, there, yeah. So, before I just continue on ranting on nothing, let's move on before we get to Michael Knowles. How does class warfare exist today? One example that's been sticking out to me is Donald Trump's response to the coronavirus, which you know uh, could be termed lightly as lazy. Laser- Lazadaxical, Right? Right? No? Maybe that's too hard. It's been, um, neglectful. It's, eh, it's not even quite it either. Incompetent. No. You know, I can't find the word for it. Maybe eco-fasci? Nope. Nope. That's still not the word for it. It's, it's beyond belief. I, I really do think that his response to the coronavirus, especially with the amount of testing and the way that he responded to the whole lockdown, ordinances that happened around the country whether they were necessary or not whether they were overboard or not his uh antagonistic rhetoric to the idea of taking the necessary precautions to coronavirus and constantly playing down the infection of coronavirus made this virus so much more threatening and deadly to people of lower class mainly of income and as we've seen as it's affected Uh, certain demographics as my colored brothers and sisters could uh, testify that it affects them pretty goddamn hard I mean they're disproportionately affected by this virus like it's amazing how America turned a virus racist like it happened and I do blame Trump's response Because I find his downplaying. And even though he was able to sell people who are on my level of class position in this society on the idea that wearing a mask and that lockdowns and all of this was just being blown out of proportion. I understand that there's people in my camp that believed this. That doesn't make it any less class warfare. It just so happens that he was able to convert people to his his side to fight against their own interests. And that's the type of cult of personality that Donald Trump has built out of the Republican Party is that he can get people to work against their own self-interest so long as he can keep the magic trick behind his back. That that is really like as long as you do not catch the grift with even the slightest of hints, there's no reason to doubt day Donald J. Trump. That within itself is incredible. It's disgusting. It's uh, you know, it reminds me of Edward Bernays and uh, Joseph Goebbels. and it's it's really gross, but you have to acknowledge the the grotesque effect that Donald Trump has on his uh, believers. That's what they are. they're believers. But I also, I have to throw shade at the media, uh, social media, and the Republican Party um, for, you know, normalizing him, normalizing his behavior. Um, I don't know how much of that specifically Donald J. Trump is grooming us for uh, future authoritarianism or uh, neo-fascism because, you know, he is so capitalist how can the how can corporations not be running the government at this point just because we have the the foe of uh the puppet show um how do how do we know that like how are the strings not obvious at this point just because he's rich enough that he doesn't need funds his interests align with the ruling class i don't see how that is i don't see how that's so escapable for people that his own elitist self-interest are so aligned with the rest of the ruling class that they don't even have to show open support they don't have to show him open support in fact they'll show antagonistic support to put on that 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 mask that says that they're against this kind of government when they're all benefiting the transfer of wealth that has happened under Trump is fucking insane Now, I forgot where I was going to go with this. I forgot where I was. Oh, yeah. If you go into Google and you type Trump Death Clock, you get TrumpDeathClock.com. You click, and what do you see? you can install it into your Google Chrome. Uh, Come on. It's loading. I've heard this man has taken the clock to the protest, which is pretty cool. But there is a live clock of Trump's incompetence, which is going to grow more and more because he said he wanted to reduce testing. Now, imagine, just imagine, that Fauci's prediction comes true and that we reach 100,000 cases per month, right? No, 100, he said 100,000 cases per day, which we're already at 40, we're already at 40K per day. Say it comes true that we reach 100K and then we slow down testing. How much worse is that really gonna be? On top of it, is he already accounting for the fact that Trump wants to slow down testing and that's why he's suggesting that uh, 100K per day is a likelihood come August. And that in itself also brings me to the fact that Trump wanting to reduce testing because the numbers are too high in his personal opinion. That in itself is also class warfare. For him to reduce the amount of public tests, uh, tests done by the federal government, uh, tests funded by the federal government done by the state, or tests funded by the federal government done by private entities. Either way, if he slows down testing capacities, that is class warfare because he is reducing the amount of access for people who uh, have the income level that I am at. So again, here's my biases and this is why I'm laying it out open, I'm poor. If he reduces that amount for poor people, the infection rate for poor people does not just disappear. It becomes undetectable, it becomes more invisible, thus more deadly that is class warfare. And because of his effectiveness to downplay the virus and then other agents of disinformation, like all these fucking insane doctors telling their kids to drink bleach and not wear a mask. That is a combination that has really brought our case levels to the extent that it has. We're a first world country that has higher case levels. <sighs> Than the rest of the developed world. Shocking. Is it because Trump is truly that incompetent at taking care of this? Does he truly believe it's not that deadly? I don't know. But by his own response, it seems like he doesn't care. He does not care how the public uh, survives. You know, he, he's probably okay with what they call mowing the lawn. You know, the population grows too high, so you mow the lawn. <laughs> and, yeah, again, that's a, that's a high accusation, but I just, I don't know where else to go when you want to reduce public testing. So ABC News keeps a pretty consistent reporting on the coronavirus, and I think it's uh, pretty damn good reporting, even though uh, it's ABC. Just to cover a few points here, over 10.4 million people across the globe have been diagnosed with COVID-19. Now, also let me add on to this that the fact that there is many third world countries that still don't have the infrastructure that we do. We have the infrastructure to take care of this. We just have a president with a base that uh, doesn't want to uh, for many reasons, many reasons, whether it's the grift or for the fact that they're mowing the lawn. I don't know what the true reason is. I just know that the attempt to quell the virus has been abysmal eh, lackluster I give it a negative 1 out of 5 my dude but all over the world there are countries that do not even have close to the infrastructure that we have we have countries in Africa that are still dealing with Ebola to an extent that it is fucking ravaging people and then we have Yemen who is already close to famine and then we have Palestine which is close to extinction (sighs) This is how class warfare extends to the whole planet, is that we have treated many nations with (laughs) high levels of austerity in the name of colonialism and imperialism. And they are part of these 10 million cases just as much as we are. Coronavirus has now killed more than 500,000 people worldwide. Some of them may be in the upper classes. Sure, sure, sure. But I just want to point out that people who are of affluence and opulence have more access to pay for testing and to get testing. And they also have different hospitals than most of us do to also uh, get different care, better care, some would say. Now, when I'm saying this is that class warfare does not have to be wholeheartedly uh, lawmaking or policy changing. No, no. In fact, it can be just in action. It can just be in action. I watched the the clip last night of George Carlin explaining. Uh, What fascism is on Bill Mayer's show in, I think, 2005. And what they were honestly talking about was George Bush's response to uh, Katrina in New Orleans, which we all know has its own darknesses and is another video within itself. But it just goes to prove that certain classes, especially when they're intersectioned into multiple classes like being black and poor, you tend to get a worse response from the government. If you if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to yesterday's video or just look up George Carlin on Bill Maher 2005. Just watch the whole thing. But you can also just go back and uh, look at uh, the Katrina response and uh, inform yourself. And you can also I don't remember who the author is, but the book is called A Paradise Built in Hell a uh, crazy-ass book about on-the-ground New Orleans. Um, I don't want to get too specific about it, but it has a lot to do with white supremacy and what it's like to live with it when there's no response from the government after a hurricane. <sighs> so we 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 get updates from ABC, and uh, it's more than we get from our White House. Uh, it's been almost two months since the task force has stopped Uh, force tasking and now all we have is abc news uh reuters and democracy now to basically keep us up to date i'm sure cnn and uh msnbc is doing the same but it's to a a terrifying extent and i am sure fox news has other things more important to talk about than covid which i wonder why but moving on minor league baseball has uh shut down for the season 2020 season will be skipped so and this is all because of the uh surge that is happening this isn't even a second outbreak this is some fucked up part of the first uh first phase and uh major league uh minor league baseball actually sorry the milb has said we're stepping doubt uh out for the season Um, today we found out in the afternoon that Texas sets another daily record. Texas is now reporting 159,986 cases statewide with 72,744 of them considered active cases. That's about half. The state recorded a record 6,975 cases on Tuesday, the day I'm recording this, after the number had declined for three straight days. Now that sounds odd and we're going to get into that too. The po- uh the positivity rate is now 14%, the second highest one day total for the state. That's epic. That is epic. Uh 6,533 people are now hospitalized an increase from 5,900 on Monday. Um, So, yeah, I guess uh, that's where we're going. And I think we are going to reach max capacity, if not we already have, in the ICU units in Houston. So, uh, meanwhile, Harris County, which includes the state's largest city, Houston, announced it has extended its mask mandate through at least August 26th. I don't know why we're playing around as if, like, the virus is somehow just going to disappear on August 26th. Or if it's all just to comfort people who um, have a problem with this whole mask thing. Um, Giving them these dates, though, and constantly pushing it back, 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 it's it's not going to quell anybody. It it delays. It delays uh, response from these people. But, you know, is that the best we can do? Maybe not if we had a president that was better at unifying, but you know, what kind of president would have that been? Because even in Obama's best times, he still wasn't that unifying for this same base that supports Donald Trump. So. We just have, like, this whole side of the country that just will not fucking compromise and will just huff down some so much JQ fucking conspiracy theory shit other than just complying with the simplest things that the government is asking that actually has nothing to do with your rights except for survive, motherfucker. That's all that this is about at this point. Coronavirus is just trying to see who the fuck can survive it. All right, whatever. Moving on. 4 45 pm colorado reverses course on bar openings after neighboring states see surge uh i think that is a responsible response if you see other states uh surging in your cases maybe take the hint so polis said tuesday his decision is because of surging cases in neighboring states like arizona and utah were linked to bars nightclubs and private parties because you don't wear masks when you get drunk bitches colorado is seeing some increase in coronavirus infection rates but not as severe as other states i wonder if it has to do with mask ordinance um hmm. it is seeing some increases it is acknowledging that um which is probably also uh, related to the fact that we have reopened the what they call reopened the economy. People went back to work. While bars will be closed for in-person service, Polis said they can still sell takeout alcohol. Well, I mean, the bars will continue making some money. It's just uh, a lot of the wait staff is going to be out of work. And that means that unemployment uh, will go back up in a lot of cases. And, um, hopefully this doesn't last too long to where bartenders just then replace (sighs) or bars replace their bartenders, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I don't know. Well, bars will be closed for, yep. Got that. Uh, bars that serve food can stay open if they just function as restaurants and maintain social distancing. The point is moot. Um, wow. (laughs) bars that serve food can stay open if they just function as restaurants and maintain social distancing i get it like you don't want the dance floor situations and people bumping and grinding Um, but it's, it's, it's funny. That little loophole might, might just be enough to keep the (laughs) the coronaviruses jumping up just a little bit. Um, because you know, in certain restaurant situations, you're still going to break social distancing. Um, and then you have to take in consideration that to eat, you're going to have to take your fucking mask off and breathe around the rest of the mouth breathers who have been inside with you. So if you can go to an outdoor restaurant, maybe, maybe that's more comfortable, but, uh, Fuck. (laughs) like we're trying we're trying to figure it out how do we keep the money flowing and the people from not all dying uh 4 p.m california governor to announce new restrictions california really been on some shit bro uh the percent of people testing positive for the coronavirus in california has climbed to 5.9 percent that's less than half of texas he's uh, at least he calls it a point of concern i don't even think up here we have a statement from the governor of texas which you know i don't even know if i want to look that up but he did not give a uh statement or announcement while gavin newsom from california did Um, newsom said he will make announcements on wednesday on how his efforts to tighten things up with the new restrictions in the golden state he said his announcement will include concerns around 4th of july gatherings because that is going to be a thing Uh, on sunday as cases climb Newsom ordered bars in several counties to close including in los angeles county 2 30 p.m earlier today i have i'm just going to read a couple more anyone arriving in massachusetts from outside northeast must self-quarantine what Anyone arriving in Massachusetts, including residents from outside the Northeast, must self-quarantine for two weeks, effective Wednesday. How are you going to enforce that? We want to ensure out-of-state travelers take appropriate precautions. Those traveling from Rhode Island, Connecticut, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, New York, and New Jersey do not have to quarantine. Okay, and then it gets a little bit arbitrary. And Mainly because, too, I don't know the numbers for Rhode Island, Connecticut, Vermont, New Hampshire, or Maine, but I first fuck sure know about New York and New Jersey. I don't know how anybody doesn't. New York and New Jersey were the epicenters for the longest fucking time, and I'm sure they're still having a very hard time because of their population density. But it is fucking fascinating that Massachusetts threw them in the list of you can come in, as long as you quarantine. <sighs> But, like, who is able to go to Massachusetts? Say, like, you're you're touring. uh, You're a tourist. Who has the time to quarantine in Massachusetts for two weeks and then get on your vacation? I don't know. Meanwhile, New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut are asking travelers from 16 states with high coronavirus numbers to self-quarantine when they arrive back in the (sighs) tri-state. this isn't going to make the consensus any easier for the anti-lockdown anti mass people they're just going to be like "Oh, pish posh honestly on all of this what i think would be more important is to describe in what situations most people should start doing self-quarantine um which we we we, we are all mostly aware of the only thing is is that we don't have the means to get it done properly it's fucking insane um <laughs> Uh, We we are half-assed battling this virus, and no wonder we are on top of coronavirus cases and deaths. Of course we are. The three states are asking people to self-quarantine for two weeks, with the exception of seeking medical care and to get food and other essential items. Here we go. Last and final update for just today, just to let you know how bad it is getting and how Trump wants to reduce testing. On Friday, Philadelphia's outdoor sports, schools, libraries, and indoor malls will reopen. However, indoor dining gyms and indoor gatherings of more than 25 people will remain banned. Mayor Jim Kenney said Tuesday, knowing the reason was because the targets we laid out to reach that phase will not be met by Friday. Over 26,000 people in Philadelphia have been diagnosed with the coronavirus and at least 1,584. Died. In the last few weeks those testing positive have been younger and they've been linked to social events and trips to the Jersey Shore, the city's health commission. Commissioner Dr. Thomas Fairley said Tuesday. In the last two weeks, thirty four percent of those testing positive are under the age of thirty. Uh, Farley said those returning to Philadelphia after traveling to these high-case states should self-quarantine. Alabama, Arkansas, Arizona, California, Florida, Georgia, Iowa, Louisiana, Mississippi, Nevada, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, and Utah. Philadelphia is trying the best that it can, but once it starts doing a bit of reopening, we are going to see some uh, increases. I don't know how outdoor sports is necessarily going to help anybody when you have to then break uh six feet and maybe if everybody's wearing masks but like how hard is how hard is your exhaustion going to hit when you have to wear a mask for sports uh schools libraries and indoor malls will reopen uh maybe there are safe ways to do these uh last three but at the same time you still take the risk you still take the risk of, and on top of it too, we still have motherfuckers, like I said, who just don't want to uh, do any kind of social distancing or wearing a mask. So like we're, we're, we're going to see increases in Philadelphia. We want the economy to move while at the same time, try to mitigate this virus that just has a very easy time spreading from person to person when we don't take the necessary precautions. <sighs> I feel like there is a responsible way to do it, but uh, with the president that we have, it failed even harder. And then also to take on top of it, the grifters and propagandists also making it worse. So, 12.35 p.m., Fauci says he wouldn't be surprised if U.S. sees 100K cases per day. And he sent in hearing Tuesday, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases, said... I would not be surprised if we go up to 100,000 cases a day if this does not turn around. And at this point, it is completely up to the fucking states because uh, Trump and his task force just he shows up to Senate hearings once a week. Now, this is this is how we get what we need from Fauci these days is a Senate hearing once a week. Uh, We can't just focus on the areas that are having the surge. It puts the entire country at risk, Fauci said. I'm very concerned because it could get very bad. Fauci's ominous comments came as he responded to questions from Senator Elizabeth Warren, Democrat from Massachusetts, who said, quote, We can't keep pretending this virus is getting better, unquote. And I agree with you, Elizabeth. Fauci and the top health officials were expected at the Senate hearing to warn of a tremendous burden that the U.S. healthcare system faces this fall if seasonal flu and COVID 19 are circulating together. Quote, While it remains unclear how long the pandemic will last, COVID-19 active activity will likely continue for some time. It is also unclear what impact the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic will have on healthcare and public health systems during the upcoming influenza season. If there is COVID-19 and flu activity at the same time, this could place a tremendous burden on the healthcare system related to bed occupancy, laboratory testing needs, personal protective equipment, and healthcare worker safety. And Trump wants to do less. He thinks that we only need to get certain fires. There's going to be a little fire here, stomp it out. There'll be a little fire there, stomp it out. But also, he is the worst person to answer this question, as we've seen, because he doesn't even want to keep track of the fires. He wants to reduce the fires. He doesn't want to really even know about the fires. So, um, if we're capital fucked, then we're capitally fucked. Um, and that brings me to my next. Uh, piece of this might be class warfare fired florida data scientist launches a coronavirus dashboard of her own this is not exactly what i had seen as the headline before but this comes from npr knpr 88.9 which i assume is from florida itself now this was updated a week ago but uh, quote, Rebecca Jones was fired last month from her job at the Florida Department of Health, where she helped create a data portal about the state's COVID 19 cases. Now she has created a dashboard of her own. In some ways, Jones' new portal for Florida coronavirus data looks a lot like the state health departments, but it has a few key differences that reflect just how contentious coronavirus data has become amid politicized arguments about whether it's safe for states to reopen. And the fact that we have to even wonder, (laughs) like, this is a statement. Differences that reflect just how contentious coronavirus data has become amid politicized arguments. That's a step in class warfare. Is when you're more concerned about your reputation and your votes more than public safety... And also to believe that those things aren't intertwined that's that's pretty heavy class warfare you your voters your can your your bottom level constituents obviously don't mean much to you but moving on in the article case in point Jones's dashboard has a map that shows which Florida counties are ready for the next phase of reopening Wait 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 this is uh okay. The, the main thing I wanted to get to, and it's important that she does have her own uh, map and that she's mapping this a lot better than the government is, but what I really wanted to get to is that here. Jones says she was originally tasked with building essentially the same type of dashboard for the health department's website in her role as a geographic information system manager until it became clear what the results would show. Quote, when I went to show them what the report card would say for each county, among other things, they asked me to delete the report card because it showed that no counties pretty much we're ready for reopening she says and they didn't want to draw attention to that unquote florida wanted to reopen before they met the guidelines before they met the standards that is a concern for the economy more than your public who is literally the economy They create the they create the value with their labor. And that's why you find it so important that they go back out there and take the chance of death. I spilled my water. Give me a sec. Motherfuckers. Oh, I know, right, Rosie? Water. stuff so i don't want to i'm kind of upset at npr for kind of flying over the fact that florida wanted to reopen even though they knew it was hazardous for their citizens to me that is class warfare to me that is an illegitimate government that does not deserve authority over anybody They think that they know better than you do. And they think that they are allowed to put your lives at risk because of that. I don't know how else to perceive it. We can debate about it. But I haven't heard any arguments. Um, the, the article continues. She says she refused to do that manipulation and others she was asked to. And she was fired on May 18th. Quote. To me, it did not read like some kind of political conspiracy or some higher directive, Jones says. Quote, it seemed like people who expected when I brought in those results, the results to support the plan they had written, and they did not. They seemed panicked, and like they had to figure out a way to make the results match the plan. That's a... What? Jones, that's a... That's a... That's a conspiracy. That's a conspiracy. And it's a higher directive, too. Like, They were trying to align with the idea of when Trump wanted to open it as well. This is so strange. It's kind of strange how she would cover for them like that while at the same time They really just fly over the fact that Florida was uh, really negligible and incompetent right now. They We just flew right over the fact that they lied. And are probably still lying right now. And yet we cry China all the fucking time when Florida just does it right over there, bro. We're just flying right over that. That's that's wild. Uh Cindy Prinz, a professor of epidemiology at the University of Florida, quote There's some data on there that either wasn't on Florida COVID nineteen DOH dashboard or was available and maybe wasn't presented in the same way that it's being presented now. You're just getting a bigger picture of what's going on. This is not enough condemnation on the on the state, but maybe these people want to hold their positions which um you know they don't want to antagonize the state and make it harder for them to find work but i mm, that that's class warfare and the fact that she's willing to just say i don't think there was a political conspiracy or a higher directive i think they were just pissed that uh, the results didn't match their plan like that's the fact that they hit it and still reopened that's a political conspiracy this whole thing in a way is a whistleblow to a conspiracy but yet but yet we're just kind of flying over that the state has faced other questions over its handling of coronavirus data The Miami Herald reported last week that Florida refused for weeks to release data on COVID-19 deaths at nursing homes and assisted living facilities, even as many other states did so. So here we go. Farther down, there's a little bit more condemnation, but it's not quite nearly to the level that people should actually be pissed. Like, they... Wow. Alright, well, if you want to support Jones, she has a GoFundMe, so you can support her dashboard, which seems to be a lot more comprehensive and clear than the, uh, governments, which, you know, not a great argument for the government, and we could see this information becoming privatized, which actually doesn't make it any less fucking dangerous. But... We are just flying over the fucking fact that Florida lied to reopen sooner. How many more cases did that cause? How many more deaths? That is incompetence to the level of class warfare. These are real world examples. And if I'm wrong, uh, please let me know. But so far, all I can see is a lack of uh, effort into to quell a virus that seems to be ravaging the working class. So, we're going to move on to the final piece. I'm not gonna watch the whole thing, but we're gonna get some more uh, anti-working class language here. I just know it, I just fucking know it. Because honestly, if you're in the working class and you live in a similar social status that I do, You don't really have a lot of interest in having an overly funded militarized police in fact you would have more interest in having in abolishing the police department and moving into more of a sheriff's ideal where you can elect the sheriff or maybe even building a new communal watch uh, apparatus department that is uh, built on racial uh, justice and uh, equality Uh, within the law and something that's more connected to the community itself rather than the origins of what most police departments are today, which is breaking up uh, workers unions, rounding up slaves and protecting property. So honestly, and we can have a deeper discussion if anybody wants to that defund the police, demilitarize the police, and maybe even eventually abolishing the police is in the best interests of the working class, the bottom majority of America. And I'm going to try and get this across by trying to defend your side in this video by Michael Knowles and fascist prick.
2: ...abounds, and the genius Democrat policy proposal for dealing with all of it... Ted Cruz. ...is to defund the police. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. Welcome back to Verdict with Ted Cruz. I'm Michael Knowles. We are in Washington, D.C. Senator, you invited me here on our last episode. You said we could have a stogie together if I just made it out to the East Coast. So I fly out to basically the rubble of Washington, D.C. I actually couldn't even get to my hotel room last night in my car because the National Guard was stationed all around it. What has happened to this place since the last time I was here? Well, it's gone nuts, and, and on
3: top of that, in dc they don't even let you smoke a cigar that's the worst part of all look the crazy democrats have banned cigars but but here's the good news if yeah. you did actually light one up i'm not sure they have the police officers to come arrest you they don't and it-
1: this is already getting to pretty odd language i don't think dc banned cigars <laughs> And do they assume that their listeners are too stupid to look this up? I'm going to look it up. Not because I'm smarter than anybody. But because I have the means to do it right here and I'm not just going to buy their shit. It looks like they have the same law that everybody has. The D.C. Department of Health works to reduce exposure uh it sees it says smoke-free and tobacco laws so maybe they're pissed that they can't smoke it inside when really if you own the building then like they don't fucking care you know um they're just putting it in law here so that everybody is covered by the law and they don't have to say ah it's public it's it's policy no no everybody just obeys the laws so you have banks healthcare facilities educational facilities laundromats public transportation facilities reception areas Restaurants, retail food, retail service, uh, shopping malls, theaters, sports arenas, waiting rooms, all against smoking inside. And yet you don't see Senator Ted Cruz's office. (laughs) Um, I don't know about the building itself, but uh, this seems to be very focused on public areas. Oh, here we go. The law requires that virtually all establishments and businesses with employees be smoke-free. This includes work areas, employee lounges, restrooms, conference rooms, uh, classrooms, employee cafeterias, hallways, and vehicles owned by a private employer. Private residences are exempt unless used as a child care, adult daycare, or health care facility. Okay, that makes sense. So you can smoke in your house, and it does look like Ted Cruz would be able to smoke in his office. Uh, work areas maybe includes work areas maybe maybe that is broad enough language to where he can't smoke in his office but uh yeah you just can't smoke it inside ted it didn't ban them democrats
2: get their way then we're going to have even fewer police officers after that you know you have spent a good bit of your career in law
1: and then also it's funny that too that they said that there's no police in dc when like they did spend like what two weeks beating the shit out of the protesters there. They tried to set up the black house autonomous zone and got shit canned by the police. And I think the national guard at the same damn time. So, um, yeah. Why are they acting that like Democrats somehow got rid of police forces when Democrats are really only in control of the house right now? Like, honestly, like DC is Republican as fuck. so strange even even when they have the upper hand they're just big babies
2: enforcement what's your take on this because it's it's at the most local level the minneapolis city council voted overwhelmingly veto-proof majority to abolish and dismantle their police department and you're seeing democrats at the federal level taking up a anti-police legislation as well so, so let me try to understate this, this is
3: stark
1: And I want to point out here that they are painting. And this is this kind of shit right here is only for the purpose of confirmation bias. I don't think they are going to convince any liberals to their side. It is here to build up the ideas of the argument that you are going to use against those leftist anarchist thug scum. (sighs) All right, one more time. He said anti-cop legislation. Is police reform anti-cop now? Because that kind of language is not going to help get any compromises, nor is it going to make the situation any better. And it seems like Republicans want to sell uh, my fellow compatriots in the working class, who are my Republican brothers and sisters, he wants to sell them the idea that that is what's best for them. Raving nuts. This
3: is insane. Like, 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 uh, did, did you see the, the Minneapolis mayor, the, the, the poor lefty guy who's <laughs> who's trying to like, okay, what do you want me to say? I'll say yeah. whatever you want. They're Please, like, yeah. okay, well, you abolish the whole police department. He said, like, wait, 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 wait a second. <laughs> like. They really have lost their mind. Now,
1: see, obviously, he mischaracterized that because Jacob Frey went out there. They said, will you defund the police? Will you say that you will defund the police? These are two separate ideas. Defund and abolition, two completely separate ideas. Uh, He said, I will not commit to abolishing the police. So... Not only did Ted Cruz mischaracterize the situation, Jacob Frey also, too, mischaracterized the request of the protesters. So everybody involved except for the protesters, from me to you, can go fuck yourself.
3: Mind you, Comrade de Blasio, it's like, goodbye me, we're cutting the cops. Like, your city is literally on fire, right?
1: They haven't agreed and, to that. And
3: their solution is abolish the police departments. By the way, these are the same morons
1: because that's what happens in a democracy you know um it, it reaches to a point where uh, bureaucracy legislation and voting becomes like a fucking wall so that's when you see people hit the streets and climb over the wall and deface it with graffiti because the wall ain't getting shit done bro all right
3: that want to abolish ice yeah I, y- <laughs> yeah, yeah abolish you know, ice just like, for okay, sure okay let's get rid of everybody charged with protecting us mm-hmm. That is asinine, and it would end up killing a whole lot of people. If you think,
1: It's fascinating that he says that these are the people protecting us when what we're discussing is how they won't stop killing civilians. Just saying.
3: Black lives matter, and let me right. be clear. Black lives absolutely matter. Your dumbass idea to abolish police departments will kill a lot of black lives, will kill a lot of Hispanic lives, will kill a lot of white lives, will kill a lot of people, and it's dumb well this i think is
1: he doesn't explain that he doesn't explain it like you get rid of the police people will die that's just the way it is but it's like yeah if you leave a vacuum if you take away the police and try and not even try to put in a new construct a new department a new way of course things are going to get bad because you have literally lawlessness but he is equating lawlessness right now with people power, that's class warfare. And it's selling that idea to my fellows in the working class. That is class warfare. When he says black lives matter, it's in the intent of class warfare because how can he be racist when he says black lives matter? But I'm sure we will reach a point where he plays his hand.
2: Is the point here because Uh, It's all the people who are saying black lives matter and the people who are pushing these things are the ones who are pushing a policy that will have a very negative effect on uh, black people because we we spoke about this a little bit on the last show, I think. there's a study out that the number of unarmed black men who are killed by the police every year is, it's not a four-digit number, it's not a three-digit number, it's not a two-digit number. Uh, Obviously, every death is a tragedy, and that's what they're focusing on. But the number of unarmed black men who are killed by criminals is very high. And when the criminals are in the neighborhood, who's going to take care of it? The police. What, what is the effect of this going to be?
1: That is absolutely no way to make any points in an argument. That was nonsensical. Um, there was no real data to be pointed there. He insinuated to data points that have been perpetuated throughout all right wing propaganda. So that's why he didn't explain himself is because if you know, then you already know
2: in troubled areas it, around the country it, it, it would be he doesn't have
1: to
3: explain himself at happens. this point the victims of violent crime are disproportionately low income yeah they're disproportionately minority african americans and hispanics and we've seen in the past we've seen what was called the ferguson effect we recall in ferguson when you had riots against the police officers and what happened was police officers nationally naturally look if you're a cop you're You're out doing your job, and you realize suddenly, okay, if if I have a citizen encounter and it goes wrong, my whole life is over, my family's over, my career is over, everything could come crashing down.
1: Good. 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 If you kill somebody,
3: what? What cops naturally do is they pull back. They say, you know what, maybe I'll just not engage. We saw in Baltimore, after the riots in Baltimore, we saw the murder rates, rates spike. Yeah. Chicago, you look at the murder rates in Chicago year after year after year. And so if, if, if you end up pulling back the police and not letting them do their job, yeah. that means the criminals, the gangmaggers, the
1: violent These same talking points have been covered over and over and over again. And yet what we need to acknowledge that even during when there is not uprisings, that the amount of police does not correlate to a decrease in crime. In fact, the places that have the most crime, have the most police. So how effective can it really be?
3: Uh, murderers. Yeah. The rape,
1: And then he's doing the Trump thing by saying, there's people in the ghetto that are murderers, there's rapists, there's drug dealers. I'm sure there's some fine people out there, but how are you not gonna die when you're surrounded by rapists, murderers, and thieves? Is that my door? Hello. Okay.
3: Papists. <sighs> those the 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 robbers have have no check on them, and yeah. and and the people who.
1: That means also, too, that communities are utterly powerless. Everybody is completely powerless without the police patrolling your streets constantly. You have no uh, power within you to make sure that your communities stay safe. That is what he is selling you. And that the only way to do it is to bring in uh, cops whose training is uh, so aggressive, so aggressive that you get Elijah McClain. That's all I need to say
3: will pay pay the price they're not going to be by the way um hollywood celebrities in beverly hills that they're going to be perfectly fine and protected it's going to be it's going to be the people who are vulnerable that need the police to keep them safe yes we want the police to protect everyone's rights fairly but if you make the police go away those who 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 are
1: it's already the idea that uh, rich people either commit less crimes or already have a sufficient amount of police protection from, for them that they don't have anything to worry about in this fight whatsoever. And What Ted Cruz is selling to the working class, the bottom of us, is that getting rid of the police works against our self-interest. By having them constantly patrolling our streets, um, they save us from tearing each other apart. And that's why we need cops and Ted Cruz. Now, if you like that sort of thing, then please bow down to the cruise and lick his boots. But for me, um, I think people are capable of learning skills. I think people are adaptive. I think people are able to compromise and cooperate when they have the right means. I think people turn the wrong direction when they have somebody who says that they can take care of them when really they're only looking to take care of themselves. That's Ted Cruz. If we were to defund the police, or even what I wanna do is abolish the police so that we can then build from the ground up the exact kind of response that we want to certain uh, emergencies. We don't need cops responding to literally everything that we have. Everything is directed to 911. And who shows up? A cop and a fireman, or a cop and five other cops. (sighs) Ted Cruz not wanting to change anything shows that he does not see an issue in the problem. And that if it is to change, that is the danger to us. I'm not sure if it's a threat or a promise or. Uh, what his intention is other than the fact that he wants to sell you beliefs that work against your own self-interest.
3: Are in closest proximity to violent criminals, and that, that is heavily in low-income areas. Yeah. They're the ones that are going to pay the biggest price. There's a lot
2: of hypocrisy here. You see this?
1: That's funny because we can all agree. I'm pretty sure like the whole spectrum can agree that there's a whole class of rich criminals who get away with looting all the fucking time. But we don't have cops patrolling them constantly, do we? No, that was supposed to be Ted Cruz's job. But in fact, what we find out is that people like Ted Cruz are funded by these people.
2: This kind of radicalism being pushed by people who will always enjoy the safety and security, not only of the police, but of good neighborhoods. So there's a lot of it. Uh, Michael, I got, I got
3: a question. Has Nancy...
1: So this is only an idea pushed by uh, uh, richer communities and not the communities actually affected by these situations that again is a mischaracterization of the people's power and yet again is another act of class warfare both of them can go fuck themselves
3: Hello, see. i don't care how seat.
1: how crude i sound like this is the type of language that is actually violent against the psyche and the zeitgeist and the community
2: Uh, You know, I don't think so. Has Chuck Schumer? No, I haven't gotten word about that.
1: Has Bill de Blasio? Uh, No,
3: no, certainly not. He's got his Why not? And by the way, let me be clear. I'm not calling on them to. I don't want them to be killed. Right. But why are they trying to cancel the police protection for their
2: low-income residents? It's uh, police protection for me, but not for
1: That's fascinating. They're selling the idea that the Democrats are bad for you because they want to get rid of the police in your neighborhoods, thus leaving you surrounded by your fellow murderers, rapists, and thieves. Um, it's a mischaracterization again, again, because what the Democrats are doing, which is the bare minimum, trying to get some police reform there to try and better public relations between the police and the communities. But Ted Cruz doesn't even want that. He wants it to remain exactly the same because that's how we get dead black people in the fucking streets. I got a little mad there at the end. I got a little mad there at the end, but that is the only reason why I can see he wants nothing to change.
3: I think that's what we're hearing from a lot of Democrats. Remember, De Blasio said that about the gym. You remember that during right. the coronavirus lockdown, <laughs> he shut down. All-
1: and it's also a power move. I mean, by constantly having police circle these neighborhoods and everything that like that, it lets poor people and black people and brown people know that you are being watched. You are always being watched, and you should know that anything you do, you will be instantly arrested you murderer you rapist you thief i'm not sure which one you are but i know you're one of them because you're in this low income neighborhood and that's why i have to be here
3: on all the gyms and then he opened it up specially so he could go work out right because he said you know it's important that i be healthy unlike the rest of you little people the little people he didn't quite say it was just implied this was
2: the mayor of chicago
1: It's the other fascinating idea, too, because it's the the building antagonism that Republicans constantly have. Democrats are actually really good at compromising and not saying uh, disgusting things about the Republicans, while Republicans are on the other side being completely heels. They are the heel party of America, if we're going to talk in WWE terms. Um, They come out and say it bluntly, which apparently aggressive assholes really enjoy. Um, No surprise there. But it's a certain kind of language that then builds, like I've said, a wall that makes it hard for fellow citizens, people amongst myself, to communicate with each other and look out for our best interests collectively, while the ruling elite is allowed to basically have one ideology, which is capitalism. We are sold on two of how capitalism should operate, whether it be liberal or republican but what we find is that the liberal and the republican run capitalism effectively the same it's the class struggles that become different in these situations and that's why i say trump is the class struggle president because he is the best at destroying almost every uh, uh chance at unity that we have he is separating communities within communities it's it's amazing uh, i hate it I hate it. And Ted Cruz with his smug face is just loving it. He's cashing in on it. He says, I can be as disgusting as I want to be because my party loves it. And I know that later on, people will forget this.
2: Chicago said, no one can go get a haircut. Do not get a haircut. Except for me, I need a haircut because I care about my appearance. And, and this hypocrisy, actually, on that point in particular.
1: Which is also funny, saying that, like, republic or Democrats had to, like, making fun of Nancy Pelosi for actually getting her hair done when she is surrounded by coronavirus tests all the time. But you guys perpetuated the idea that the lockdowns uh, were too much, that they were too aggressive, and that the economy needs to get back to work, and that people need to get back to their ordinary lives. You fought for the idea that the working class go out there and get infected for the sake of a haircut
2: ties in with the coronavirus because a lot of what we've been hearing remember we were we did not do any shows in person we social distanced for months because that's what the public health officials told us to do then all of a sudden hundreds of thousands of people pour out into the streets in very close proximity in these protests and the same public health officials who excoriated conservatives for demonstrating in any way peaceably against some of the lockdown overreaches those same public health
1: did i not tell you that they did that did i not tell you that they did that and then they admit it in order to throw shade at healthcare professionals for going overboard that's fascinating because we're seeing surges in cases for people not taking it serious enough mainly texas florida arizona (sighs) these people are gross this is
2: gross health officials encouraged the protests and the riots and the arson that that have accompanied them now
1: health officials did not support this uh health officials did come out and say that these uh protests themselves the blm protests are at high risk for infection they did let that be aware they did not come out and say everybody needs to hit the streets immediately they did not i i I don't see the (laughs) science uh scientific community or health professionals ever taking a stand on specific uh class identity issues never has that happened
2: now all of a sudden we see a pivot back to backing away again how are we to understand this if not as a as rank politicization of the public health
1: it's funny that they're discussing public health as le- as if they're not the ones politicizing it. They are the ones who are taking the information that comes from health leaders and then saying this is what it means for you. Well,
3: no, no, there's there's actually science behind it. You, 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 you see, the virus is is woke, oh, and, <laughs> and this woke virus, if if you are. If you are protesting with Antifa, if uh-huh. you're arguing for abolishing the police, mm-hmm. you can get thousands of you together. You can mm-hmm. embrace you. You can you can kiss each other all over the place. You don't need masks. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the virus, the virus is actually marching alongside. You. <laughs> great. You, you...
1: It's not great. Um, what's what's really what's really going on? And you can disagree. This is this. That's 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 a great part about this. Um, but he is being extremely sarcastic and mischaracterizing a position. And it again is to kind of paint Democrats and healthcare officials as one irrational, two, stupid, and three a joke. That's why Michael Knowles is laughing and that's why he's making jokes. The the problem with it is is that it's not a fitting argument. For the question that Michael Knowles asks, it doesn't go down point by point how health officials had made the mistake of politicizing coronavirus instead Ted Cruz just says that the virus is woke and that somehow the virus is on the side of black lives matter it's an irrational response to something that's it's a case that can't be argued here like they, they this is a, a conversation that is going completely unopposed even though it is pulling pushing its own irrational ideas who the fuck would honestly believe That coronavirus would not infect people at these BLM movements or at any of these protests. And for the most part, almost everyone I see at these things or on the internet, most people are wearing masks. BuzzFeed even came out with the article that protests aren't even leading to the increase in cases. And so far, all we keep talking about is irresponsible resurges. So while they are joking about a woke virus that isn't attacking BLM, they are missing actual reality. They're skipping it so that you can think that the BLM movement is stupid and that health officials don't know what they're talking about because they take political sides when we know that's not true either. (sighs) This is class warfare. This is it. I really, 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 really don't know how to break it down even more. Um it I, I don't want to get into policy issues because what's more important than the policy itself is the atmosphere they build around it. Because that's what really affects your life, right? You first you build the hate for the Jews, right? Then then you enact the laws against the Jews. First you have to build the atmosphere. First you have to build the vivarium. And that's where we are. We're, we're in the grooming stages of authoritarianism. Ted Cruz is happy enough happy enough to take us down this route. Either in the name of his own legacy or the legacy of the GOP. I'm not really sure because I don't know how far these people are willing to go to put our lives in danger for the sake of power or whatever they're actually after. because it's not it's not the interest of the people if it is really to be a shill for corporations then we really have no reason to keep any of these governments around because the Democrats know the Republican wing is the corporate party the Republicans know that the Democrats are the corporate wing party And nobody seems convinced that their party might be the corporate wing party. And that America has been the corporate party since 17, what, what was it, 72? I don't fucking know. Oh, God. I'm such an idiot. I think it was 72. Six. Jesus Christ. 76. Jesus it's 76 it has been the corporate party since then and we can hear it in their rhetoric the way that they talk Um, ever since Trump came in I knew that when he said that he was representing the forgotten man and the forgotten people I knew he didn't mean ordinary people and I knew that there would be a language out there of what he actually meant, and in fact, I included it. There's a specific uh, article from a long time ago called "The Forgotten Man," which explains the Forgotten Man is the uh, uh, what? Let me see. It is the who, who, let me see. I'm losing. Uh, I'm losing track again. It, the Forgotten Man, and I can't remember who wrote it. It was before FDR rebranded it for his purposes, because during the Great Depression, the Forgotten Man was the working class, because the working class were the ones who suffered most in, this, uh, in that experience. But uh, someone else had written it, and I have it in my blog, PoorDumRebellion.net, that the Forgotten Man was the entrepreneur capitalist who, who was constantly asked to give his money either to charity or taxes. He was the Forgotten Man. Because nobody asked what he wanted. He had all the money and nobody asked what he wanted to do with it. And once I finally read that article explaining that that's who the Forgotten Man was from, I think it was 1920s. Oh, God. I can't believe I can't remember. I guess I just have to go to my own fucking shit. All right. Yes, welcome to my blog, where the rebelling against oppressive coalition of poverty and boredom is the norm. It's in the Trump compilation here, and it was one of the first things that I wrote called The the Trump Does Absolutely Nothing for the Working Class. Yes. So here it is. Yale University professor William Graham Sumner coined the Forgotten Man in 1876. I was way off, not 1920s. He wrote about the Forgotten Man in 1876. If we remember about 30 years ish later, we have a lot of wars going on between labor unions and Pinkerton's private armies and National Guards. Um, So for a long time, the, the Forgotten Man has not been the working class. In fact, it has been the opposite, and I am convinced that Donald Trump is the president of the Forgotten Man, and the meaning dates back to 1876. Here, I'll click the article. Click. Do-do-do-do-do by William Graham Sumner. Responding to an invitation from Harper's Weekly the previous fall, Sumner drafted 11 short essays during January 1883 for a series of the relations of workers and employees, each being about 2,000 words in length, for which he, uh, he was paid $50 apiece. Blah 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 blah. Here it is. Uh, Please read the whole thing because it's actually not that long. But I was going to find exactly where he terms, where he coins the term. Do 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 it so he coined the term in 1876, explaining that it is a person who is coerced into helping the people at the bottom of the hierarchy through tra- charity or regulation. Through charity or regulation. That again sounds like a Randian concept, except it was in 1876. So even then, he was defending the personal selfishness of uh, uh, entrepreneurs and capitalists. He believed that they should not be pushed towards uh, philanthropy and charity and taxes, honestly. Um, He thought that the man who earned the money, the most money, was entitled to his money. (laughs) Mm, Don't agree with it. But the only reason why I brought it up is because that is the definition of forgotten man that Trump constantly talks about, and he still talks about to this day. It even includes the silent majority that he seems to speak of. The silent majority is just another language for the same thing. And we have Ted Cruz here, many others in the GOP also serving the forgotten man, the forgotten people, the true we the people. And what they're actually scared of is us getting our hands on that constitution and making it our own. And I'm speaking to my working class brothers and sisters who with the right education, not leadership, but education can get it done. We can get it done and we don't need any leaders to do it. Now, with that being said, I have to give it up to my man, uh, Howard Zinn to put the final bow tie on this. I just want you to consider how class warfare affects you out there and maybe do some research on conflict theory because i still have a lot more to learn i just wanted to bring up what that means to me because it is something that i constantly talk about it will continue to talk about here on the class warfare report so if you enjoyed all of this uh, like subscribe uh dislike uh don't share it share it tell your mom about it um uh i'm on twitter at working underscore andrew that's me um there was that blog that i had earlier poor dumb where i talk about class warfare a lot uh, this pod this is uh, this is uh, archived on youtube working class observer same channel and it's also in podcast form under the same name uh sponsored not sponsored but uh platformed by anchor who then puts it on your favorite streaming service whether it's uh apple podcasts or uh radio lab i think was one of them i don't fucking know radio lab or spotify uh just take your pick if there's podcasts on it and they have an availability for people to just join them i'm probably there it's free you can do it too you can do it too anchor.fm I don't it's not even I'm not even getting money for that kickback I just love the fact that they give people the means to just do shit so uh yeah I'm gonna end it here with our boy Howard Zinn thank you for joining me uh I wish you the best of luck in these trying times and please do not fall into the trap of class warfare because we are all in this together well
0: most of us in power even though we have leaders who are not easily embarrassed. But that that, that, I think is one answer to the question even though this is now going out all over the world and the administration was becoming embarrassed. This is very important to embarrass the people in power even though we have leaders who are not easily embarrassed. that, that, that I think is one answer to the question and that is to show the history of those times when people have felt helpless. So at the beginning of the Vietnam War, and I remember this very distinctly, 1960, spring of 65, beginning of the escalation of the war, we had a demonstration on the Boston Common against the war. 100 people showed up. And a few years later, well, October 69 actually, another Anti war meeting on the Boston Common, 100,000 people were there. The movement grew It grew and grew because people didn't give up, people persisted. And people understood that all movements start small and all movements start with a kind of hopelessness and a feeling, you know, what are we doing? Uh, but if people persist and persist and persist, there's a chance that something may happen. Uh, the, the other the other thing, I said to it two, right, so I shouldn't forget the second. Very often this happens in class, you say, uh, I will now tell you the five causes of the American Revolution. <laughs> After number three, the teacher falters. <laughs> <laughs> but I can, me- I can remember two. <laughs> That's as high as I go. And uh, the and my second point is to overcome cynicism and a feeling of of helplessness, surround yourself with active people. People who are doing things. When people don't do anything, uh, it's very easy to get hopeless. When people are acting, even if the action doesn't seem to bring anything immediate, but after all there's something about resisting the authorities, there's something about speaking your mind, about being honest uh, about what you're doing, even if you don't see any immediate results. There's something about that which is very satisfying and invigorating, and it invigorates other people too.